Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode four of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and today's topic is leadership through self-differentiation. Now, if you listen to episode two, you know that self-differentiation is a family systems theory concept that focuses on being a non-anxious presence. The definition of self-differentiation is the ability to define one's own goals and values in the midst of surrounding togetherness pressure. And it's this understanding that uh, there's always this pressure to conform in any system, whether that's a family, a congregation, a corporation, a nonprofit organization, that there's the, there are these surrounding togetherness pressures that uh, drive us or uh, pressure us to conform. And the ability to define our own goals and values in the midst of this, especially if our goals and values are different than that surrounding togetherness pressure, is the foundation of being self-differentiated. Leadership through self-differentiation is the idea that there is a particular way that we can function in any system that actually is more effective in leading people, especially in leading people to change. And and I actually think that this is kind of uh, redundant to say leading change because in my mind, uh, if you are not leading change, you're really not leading. You're just managing uh, the status quo. And as leaders... Our goal is to improve things for ourselves, for our families, for our organizations. And if we are not focusing on positive change, then we're not really leading. The definition of leadership through self-differentiation, according to Edwin Friedman in his book, Generation to Generation, Family Process in Church and Synagogue, is this, quote, If a leader will take primary responsibility for his or her own goals and self, while staying in touch with the rest of the organism, there is more than a reasonable chance that the body will follow. There may be initial resistance, but if the leader can stay in touch with the resistors, the body will usually go along." So you can see that this is based on the idea of self-differentiation, which is taking responsibility for one's own goals and values and self. And so that is uh, knowing what you believe, knowing what you want to do, being able to express that in a non-anxious way, saying to people in the system, here's where I believe we should be going. Here's what I think we need to do. And the ability to say that in a non-anxious way is the first part of leadership through self-differentiation. That's the first component which we would call self-definition. So being able to self-define is being able to express your own goals and values and and in particular being able to do that in a non-anxious way. The second component of leadership through self-differentiation is staying in touch or emotional connection. That is staying connected emotionally to people in the system, especially those who are resisting. Uh, 
that's the hardest part, I think, of leadership through self-differentiation because when we put ourselves out there and we say, this is what I believe, here's where I think we should go, and people start resisting us, they get anxious, uh, they disagree with us, the hardest part really is to stay connected to them. What we want to do is we want to withdraw from those people who are giving us a hard time and stay connected to the people who agree with us and even kind of rally them around us to marshal support for what we're trying to do. However, by doing that and disconnecting from those who resist us, we're actually making them more anxious and more likely to resist. And the more that we do that, the more dysfunctional that resistance can get. So staying connected emotionally with them, not not agreeing with them, but but saying, you know, I value what you say. Thank you for what you're sharing. But I really believe we should be doing this. If, if you can do that, if you can remain a non-anxious presence and stay connected to the people who are resisting the change you're trying to lead, you, you have a chance of getting there. If you withdraw from them and disconnect emotionally, what you are actually doing, uh, according to family systems theory, is you're promoting greater dysfunction in the system. I like to put it this way. Effective leaders are able to say what they believe while giving others the freedom to disagree. So if you are able to do that and stay connected to those who are resisting you, you have a chance of leading change. To understand what leadership through self-differentiation is, I think it's also helpful to understand what it's not. And in doing this, we look at what Friedman calls the charisma versus consensus dichotomy. Charismatic leadership or leading through charisma is about the personality of the leader. Now, there's nothing wrong with being inspiring. There's nothing wrong with having a charismatic personality. But a charismatic leader in this model is somebody who requires people to agree with him or her. So in charismatic leadership, it's my way or the highway. There's no discussion. There is no disagreement. Either you agree with the leader or you don't. And you can see how in doing this, what this creates in an organization is clones. It creates people who must agree. And over time in an organization like this, people who don't agree with the leader who, who, or who aren't able to express uh, their disagreement in healthy ways uh, will get fed up and leave. So that's what happens often in churches where uh, you have a charismatic leader and it, it all depends on the leader to make things happen and everybody just goes along and agrees. Typically this is with a hymn. So you can see that this can create problems and in the extreme can create a cult where you really do have clones where people do exactly what the leader says almost in a robotic fashion. What's interesting about charismatic leadership is that over time this takes its toll on the leader because the leader is spending all his or her time convincing everybody that they must agree with what they are doing and making sure that people are in line. What this does is this makes the leader susceptible to burnout or a moral failure. And so when I look at 
organizations, congregations that have charismatic leaders like this, where it's my way or the highway, the wonder to me is not that they burn out or have a moral failure. The wonder to me is that it doesn't happen more often. The other side of this is what Friedman calls consensus leadership, and, and I think that would make sense to you. A consensus leader is one who is not so much a leader, but a facilitator, trying to get everybody to share their opinions, and the idea is that everyone must agree before moving forward. Now, this is not leadership because typically a consensus leader will not say what he or she believes. The, the consensus leader is just trying to get everybody to, to agree on something. And the problem with this is that it creates a tyranny of the minority. So where the charismatic leadership would create clones, people who must agree and follow, in consensus leadership, it creates a tyranny of the minority. And what that means is that because everybody must agree before we can move forward, just a handful of people can block anything. And I see this happen a lot in small churches where a pastor is trying to be a consensus leader, trying to get everybody to agree, and people just don't always agree. And it can be just one or two obstinate people who can get in the way of positive change. What's interesting about both of these leadership styles is that they each create surrounding togetherness pressure. In the case of charismatic leadership, the surrounding togetherness pressure is to agree with the leader. Everybody must agree with the leader. In the case of the consensus model of leadership, the surrounding togetherness pressure is to agree with each other. Everybody must get along. Everybody must agree with each other. So you can't move forward without that consensus, without that agreement. The idea of leadership through self-differentiation is that the leader is neither an autocrat nor is one who fails to lead. That's really what happens in a consensus leadership model. The leader is just a facilitator and is not expressing her or his opinion. So in leadership through self-differentiation, the leader does self-define very much like a charismatic leader. The leader does say, this is what I believe, here's what I think, here's where I think we should go, but gives others the freedom to disagree, which is very different than the charismatic model. Leadership through self-differentiation is similar to the consensus model in that emotional connection is valued. And that's really uh, the foundation behind the consensus model. So it, a leadership, leadership through self-differentiation does value emotional connection. It does value self-definition, but it doesn't go to either extreme of being this charismatic type leader or a consensus facilitator type leader. And again, I want to emphasize that this doesn't mean that you can't uh, seek to inspire people as a leader. The difference is you're not requiring them to agree with you. You're not even requiring them to go along with you. And that's really the important part of leadership through self-differentiation. Say what you believe, give others the freedom to disagree. What you'll find in a system where there is a self-differentiated leader is that healthy people will express themselves in healthy ways 
and that emotionally unhealthy people will attack. Now, they don't always attack directly. If they were emotionally healthy, they, they could just say what they believe in a non-anxious way. In fact, what Friedman says in Generation to Generation is in if you're in a congregation and you want to see uh, who the self-differentiated people are, preach a sermon on a controversial topic and make sure that you self-define in a non-anxious way. See, this is what I believe on this topic. Hey, feel free to disagree, but I, I want you to know what I believe. And then after the sermon, see how people respond. The healthy people will say, you know, I I heard what you said, but I'm not sure I can agree with that. They, they can express themselves by self-defining, staying emotionally connected, being non-anxious. Unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy people will actually define you. They will attack you. They will say, how can you say that? You're leading us down the wrong road. Do you really believe what you say? And they'll get very anxious and spew that anxiety uh, at you. This raises a key concept in leadership through self-differentiation, which is the idea of the conflict of wills. This is that we are always trying to convert others to agree with us rather than to define self. And as I mentioned in the charismatic style of leadership, we're trying to convert others to agree with a leader. And in the consensus style of leadership, we are trying to convert others to agree with each other. We're trying to get consensus. What leadership through self-differentiation does is it flips the tables. Instead of you wasting energy and anxiety trying to get others to agree with you, they must use their energy and anxiety to get you to agree with them. By you saying, hey, this is what I believe, feel free to disagree, it actually creates anxiety in them because all of a sudden they have to convince you to agree. Leadership through self-differentiation flips the script. As long as you, as a leader, are trying to change the followers, the followers have the power. But if you, as a leader, focus on where you're headed, those effects are reversed because then they have to try to change you. And it's easier to resist somebody trying to change you than it is to get somebody to agree with you. Now, I want to say finally that leadership through self-differentiation is not being selfish. It's not being self-centered. It doesn't mean that you aren't willing to compromise or listen to other people, but it does mean that you are willing to express what you believe and do it in a non-anxious way, give others the freedom to disagree, and that you're willing to stay connected emotionally with those who resist you. Finally, it's important to note that you don't have to be the leader of an organization. You don't have to be the, the executive director or the president or the lead pastor. Any leader in a system can actually affect change by being self-differentiated, by saying, this is what I believe. I hope you'll agree with me, but if you don't, I still care for you and value you. Somebody who can maintain a non-anxious presence and lead through self-differentiation will promote healthy behavior in a system. There will be anxiety. There will be sabotage, which really would be the topic of a whole nother episode. But if you can maintain a non-anxious presence, you can affect positive and substantial change in any system, any family, organization, or congregation.
So that's it for this episode. And if you would like to find out more about leading through self-differentiation, you can check out my book, Anxious Church, Anxious People, How to Lead Change in an Age of Anxiety. You can also check out my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself. <laughs>